Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and in today's show, we are going to be talking about yesterday's loss against Las Vegas Lights 2-1, and uh, it just wasn't a good day in general for any of our teams, and uh, don't even get me started with my other teams because it, it was just a horrendous night in Mexico, but aside from that, let's go ahead and introduce... Uh, my two co-hosts here, Sharon and Jared. Uh, first, let's go over to you, Sharon. How are you doing today after uh, the unfortunate game last night? Oh, you know what? Personally, I'm doing great. I was able to see family um, today. My sister, her husband, my brother, who came in from <clears throat> San Antonio. Makes it really, it's hard to say those words, San Antonio. And uh, we had brunch with my mother, which was a, a lovely time. So today was a good day. Last night was a little... Um, you know, just a little bit of a pain in the throat. Not that you want to cry, but you know, you just kind of have to hold back the 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 tears and then realize that in the gestalt of the whole thing, this may be exactly perfect. That's whatever happened last night was meant to be, and I'm over it, you know. And but Jared was there, and I really want to hear Jared. <laughs> Jared's in Las Vegas right now. And uh, we just kind of talked with him a little bit before we went on the podcast about dude is doing the full Las Vegas style. Jared, how's it going for you? Uh, but he's still a little sore to move. But, uh, but then again, with a uh, view that I have, uh, I don't know if I can change the camera angle, but okay, I'll do this. So right now, this uh, for those not uh, able to see, um, Kind of showing off where on Fremont Street I'm at in downtown uh, Las Vegas. Uh, you might hear a little bit of rumbling because uh, I am literally in front of Fremont Street. Uh, that's uh, where the, where they have the uh, the visual ceiling. Where if you look up, uh, you'll see like those uh, uh, video shows and everything like that. But uh, yeah, still a pretty decent experience. Uh, it would have been great if we had won. That would have made it even better. But it's not going to happen all the time. And in, in fact, I still remember the time a couple years ago that, I, that a lot of us were here and we ended up uh, losing big but you know just try to find trying to find a positive that things around here how about you Luis? yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear that jared and you know it's as they say right what happens in vegas stays in vegas and hopefully the losses stay <laughs> in vegas there but uh, i'm doing a little bit better than i was yesterday and uh, as i mentioned before right it wasn't just sacramento's loss but um, unfortunately, the situation that happened in Mexico with my team and uh, I did get the chance to go to watch the Fuego at Fresno for the first time and had a great time. Unfortunately, they got tight at the very last minute and we all know how much those hurt. But uh, other than that, I, I thought they played pretty well considering they were playing against uh, Richmond, which are pretty higher up in the table there for League One. All right. Well, guys, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get some more positivity into this podcast with our Golosos of Gratitude. So, Sharon, you want to get us started? Sure. I would like to give a big shout out to Mike and Chris McGammage. Uh, they hosted a watch party last night and... But better than the watch party was a celebration of Chris's 40th birthday. And she pretty much invited anybody who wanted to come. It was a fabulous time had by all. Uh, loads of people were there. She had like this incredible spread of food. Well, they had an incredible spread of food out. Mike actually did a bunch of smoking of the meat. 
I wish you guys lived closer and could have been there. You would have enjoyed the heck out of it. Rosa was there. Chrissy was there. Jane and Scott Walker were there. I mean, these are people that we all know. And, uh, you know, little Rye was there, you know, the little kid that beats the drum, the younger, younger offspring of, you know, someday he'll be a capo, I'm sure. Um, and then uh, Eli showed up and, um, you know, it's just like there was other people from Tower Bridge Battalion and other friends from, you know, all of their, you know, all of their friendships. There was there was a lot of Sac Republic fans there that that hung out and watched the match. We watched the match together and it was it was literally a, a it was a lovely evening all together. And we weren't necessarily mad about losing because we had each other there. And that's half of the thing. I did not know any of these people prior to soccer, you know, prior to Sac Republic. And now I can actually count on them if I ever needed anything. Jane and I have gone through some similar experiences. And by just sharing hearts with all these wonderful people, we've become friends. And I know how you guys know how that works. You know, you just you you find a new interest and then you find interesting people. Um, and that's what that's what's happened. So big shout out um, to, to Mike and Chris. And I'm just going to kind of I'm going to leave it right there. You know, that's what I got. Well, I definitely want to give a big glosses of gratitude to uh, Scott and, and his girl, uh, girlfriend, Lana. I mean, they they, they helped make this trip uh, better than, than what it ended up being. So I definitely appreciate uh, them and any other folks that uh, were out there as well. Uh, we also another uh, glosses of gratitude. We actually had a sighting of Los Madrosos out in Las Vegas. So that was awesome to see. I mean, we, we were all, we, uh, a lot of us were, well, a few of us were all, at the uh, lower concourse area, the, the standing room area that they have at Cashman Field. And I, I had just taken a look uh, back towards the seat and I saw the Los Madrosos banner. So that was just awesome to see, see them out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, having them out, having Scott and Lana and, and other folks uh, that, that were there with us, even after the match, we, uh, you know, uh, met up with, with uh, the Republic FC players as they were getting on the bus, you know, wished them well, told them we were meeting them in the Orlando and then we ended up uh, just, you know, kind of commiserating uh, the night at uh, Fremont Street, going over to casino to casino, getting a couple drinks, uh, and, and not small ones either. You know, I, I've gotten pictures of uh, my my drink from Circa, which is actually not that far from here on on the uh, on Fremont Street. But definitely big uh, causes of gratitude to them. I have a question for you: Are the drinks still free when you go to the casinos? Um, we, we didn't actually get drinks in a casino, um, Fremont street, you know, they have a, a whole bunch of, uh, different, uh, casinos that have, uh, bars right out on Fremont streets. Um, yeah, this was, yeah, let me see, basically this is to kind of give you an idea of how big the drink was. And, and yes, it does have a top on it. So it's refillable. Oh my God. So what Jared is showing everybody is like a tankard, you know, it's the kind that construction workers take to work with them. That's filled with water. But in this case, it's filled with a liquid, not water. Well, yeah. Frozen. I mean, they, they have like frozen, uh, frozen cocktails or drinks or whatever. And they just rattle off a whole line of different flavors. And, you know, I just got, you know, one of my old favorites from over there, but it was in fr frozen form. So I thought, yeah, why not? You know, it's give it, given the night's result. <laughs> Drown the sorrows. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about you, Luis? What are your uh, glasses of gratitude? And so uh, I got one here for our podcast, Magic Bill and Vizhev. 
uh, the guy went above and beyond. Uh, so I, I wanted to make sure I had the Fuego jersey before I headed out to the stadium. And uh, we met up uh, before the game as he was getting ready to go to practice. And he delivered the jersey. All's also was great there. He even signed it on the spot, too. And, you know, that was uh, much appreciated there. Uh, at the game, shout out to him for getting me tickets so my dad and I could uh, be there in attendance. And uh, also really appreciated that the guy had a good game. And after the fact, I was right there standing. He like spotted me as he was uh, on the field after the game and he came by. We had a good little chat there and we took a picture and all was good. So thank you so much, William. You you made the experience really great. And, you know, we really appreciate it. And I really can't wait for uh, you, Sharon and Jared, to uh, be able to attend a game, whether it's at home or away. I know Jared, I think, might be going to one uh, towards the end of the season. But it, it was really good. I got to say, Fuego is doing a good job for their first season uh, at their venue and making sure that, you know, it's a great professional environment. Man, that sounds amazing, Luis. And we all love Villian. And, you know, I'm glad he was able to make that experience for you so special. And to get you a jersey, you know, make sure that you had a jersey and all of that, man, that's just like, that was sweet. And then to meet up with you before the game, you know, they're thinking about the game, not so much about, you know, meeting up with people. And that was big time. And that just goes to show you how professional he is and how he can compartmentalize. You know, it's kind of like my work is going to start, but it doesn't start yet. Let me see my friend Luis. I think that's fabulous. So, you know, good job to Villian. And did you get a chance with Lainey there by any chance? No, we, we met up uh, somewhere else before. Yeah, but somewhere closer to, to the venue. <laughs> I see. So sweet. So, yeah, excellent. Good stuff. Yeah, it sounded like you had a really great great time out there. I mean, granted, I know it's uh, USL League, League One, but still, I mean, it sounded like a great experience that, that you had there. I mean, not only with uh, Villian, but uh, also the match as well. Um, I did see a couple of highlights uh, there in, in between uh, breaks at uh, Las Vegas. Uh, it was looking like a really good game and seemed like uh, Central Valley Fuego, you know, had them on the ropes for a good while. They just fought back, but still a point to point. Yeah, and you know that there was a questionable call because after Fuego scored their two nil, Richmond gets a PK that uh, you know it's it's a little bit you know on on the questionable side, but uh, unfortunately they score that, and that's how they managed to end up getting the tying goal. Because had they not scored that PK or not even gone that PK, I, I think Fuego gets the three points. But hey, USL League One is also suffering. Uh, you know, a shortage of good referees, just as a championship is, and probably on a larger scale, right? But <laughs> oh my god, yeah. you said it! You said it, Luis. I don't know whether we were going to go there, but you said it. <laughs> USL having questionable referees? What? The what? You know, I was expecting they want to have better ones, but no. <laughs> that's inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was you like, know, I, yeah. we wouldn't be good fans if we didn't <laughs> complain about the referees, you know, because that's what fans do. That's what they've done since the dawn of time, you know, <laughs> and even even with VAR, we want to complain about the VAR, you know, when we're following a team that has it. It's like, oh, they should get rid of it, you know, or they should do this with it. It's like, you can't please the fans. Let's face it. You know, referees are never going to be on the winning side of, of fandom. Every once in a while, you guys remember, we have thrown in a couple of, the referee was really good this match, but it's not 
always the same. That's, that's not what we always say. Yeah, I, I will acknowledge that that has happened once in a while. I mean, probably I can still count it on one hand, but technically she she is right. It, it has happened a couple times here and there, but not as often as we like. Yeah, hey, but Sharon makes a good point. Maybe that's why there's a shortage in good referees because of us, the fans, right? They, they have to start hiring anyone who just wants to be a ref and not even have the adequate preparation to... <laughs> to hey, if... If minor league baseball can can run on uh, robot umpires, you know there's a chance. But even then, <laughs> but even then, we're still gonna uh, throw uh, throw verbal trash at them. Can you imagine iRobot running the the line? <laughs> well, a, a, if the ball has like a chip or something that the robot is connected to, that might be a good idea. I mean, I'm not saying it's so linesmen lose their jobs, but. I'm just saying, you know, that you could probably incorporate technology with the, the ball. I think they're doing something and the World Cup as well, right, with offside technology. So, yeah, I, I'm all for that. If they they could bring offside technology. But but PKs is what we really get frustrated about, though. PKs and red cards that should not have been red cards. I think that's what pisses us off the most. Or sometimes PKs being repeated, as we all know, happen in the Cup. Great. Well, uh, before we get started talking about uh, yesterday's match, I uh, wanted to remind everyone that we have a website called SACSoccerPod.com. We invite everyone to check it out, listen to all of our episodes on there. Uh, they are posted uh, much quicker than I think uh, through any other app because they are directly connected to our feed that uh, we use for our podcast. So check that out. Also, if you want to leave us a voicemail, if you have any questions, comments, uh, you can do so there as well. And uh, you get to know a little bit more about us three here on the show in our About Us page. So check it out. Again, sacksoccerpod.com. What's funny is, not funny, but we still thank Ryan Strange and Alicia Strange for, uh, you know, Meets RV hosting, um, being a sponsor of that particular website. It's very cool of them to do that. So Got to throw a shout out their way. If you need an RV, go see Nick's RV. Yes, thanks for doing that too. Yeah, of course, we're really thankful for them for uh, paying for our uh, hosting for a whole year. So that's really much appreciated there. Thanks uh, thanks for sponsoring our our website, y'all. We certainly do appreciate it. And we'll definitely uh, get the word out as as far as RV needs as as we can. And so talking about yesterday's match, um, being that you were there, Jared, uh, I think what better way than you letting us know what your experience was before the game versus maybe other times that you've been there, if you noticed anything different, and also how the halftime ceremony was for all the citizenship recipients. As far as the uh, naturalization ceremony, I mean, they had a lot of people, you know, dressed to the nines, uh, especially for this uh, major occasion. Uh, it was actually covered by... Um, Eight local news, eight local news out here. The CBS affiliate. Uh, I had watched uh, a little bit of it uh, in the morning, but they had uh, folks. Uh, they had folks uh, grouped uh, by colored bracelets as far as to make their way down. Uh, they actually started uh, getting folks uh, lined up uh, just five or ten minutes into the match. I mean, and this was seven hundred people. I was thinking it was going to be seventy people or something like that. Uh, but I read the email a little, little further again, and it was actually 700 people out there that were going to be confirmed as United States citizens out there. I mean, you had people from all nations around. Uh, in fact, I was in the beer line, and yeah, first of all, there was uh, someone that 
that was living here in Las Vegas that was a Republic FC fan, she actually said that a friend of hers uh, from England was actually going to be in that ceremony. So that was uh, pretty awesome to, you know, to hear that. Uh, once it got to halftime, they had like the, these uh, blocks of people spread across uh, the field. And then they had a judge uh, read the, uh, uh, I guess, a uh, oath or affirmation uh, that they usually read when swearing in uh, someone as a United States citizen. So they just got it all at once. Uh, they had a couple uh, local politicians, uh, you know, talk and uh, celebrate the ceremony. Uh, they had fireworks uh, for them as well. So it was just uh, amazing to see. Uh, but aside from that test ceremony, it's, it was kind of a usual affair for uh, a Lights uh, FC home match. They had a tailgating area where they had uh, uh, both the electric company and Luis y Floreza, uh have their little tailgates, you know, get together and everything like that. Uh, they also had some booths set up from different local companies, you know, just uh, kind of like how they have inside Hartnell Park, you know, they, they'll uh, give out freebies and stuff like that. Uh, I actually get, ended up getting a uh, hat from a local law firm, uh, which I'm, I'm wearing right now. It actually, isn't too bad either. I mean, especially it's a snapback and a flat bill. But uh, yeah, I mean, once I got in, you know, it was just the usual assembling of folks. Uh, prices aren't too terribly bad. I mean, they, I mean, it's, I don't know. They, they could be a little bit better, but uh, then again, they kind of make up for it with uh, the decreased uh, ticket sales. I've noticed that uh, on the website that they are having all sorts of promotions where if you buy this product or do this or that, you end up getting a uh, one free ticket or two free tickets. You just turn in the voucher at their box office. I've seen like uh, Wendy's. If you buy this sandwich and bring your receipt, you get a free ticket. If you go to Great Clips. Uh, that they'll give you uh, you can get a voucher for a free ticket so it's just they're looking for any and every way to get folks filling those seats and it looks like they kind of did uh, for this match because uh, there wasn't a, a whole lot of empty seats i mean there was at first we were thinking that maybe uh, a lot of the uh, lights fc support group didn't really uh, line up behind the goal but they were just late getting in uh it was kind of hot out there i mean Granted, I'm in Arizona, so it wasn't Arizona hot or it wasn't uh, Wild Horse Pass uh, bathroom hot, but uh, it was definitely warm out last night. Uh, but, um, you know, it's it's still, you know, they're, they're growing. They're, you know, they're definitely uh, working on their uh, home experience. Thankfully, you know, with this uh, naturalization ceremony, they didn't uh, cheese it up like they've done with a lot of their promotions. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to really look into what some of the uh, promotions they've had this year compared to years past, uh, because once again, in the past, they've done the cash copter, they've done the cash cannon. Uh, they have, uh, they were looking to try for a midnight match uh, back in 2021, but of course that fell through. And of course the match that I was going to try to go to in March, 2020, before they canceled it a couple days beforehand was the guaranteed win uh, promotion where if Las Vegas Lights did not win, uh, fans would be given a voucher for a free game next time. Now, once again, this is Vegas, and I was thinking that this is going to be an easy win, uh, especially since I put in a wager that I definitely regret now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, still, I mean, how often do I do so? You know, that's the reason why they tell you uh, to uh, game responsibly and, 
thankfully I kept it where it was and not go any higher because I was totally expecting us to win. But even with the fact that Lights FC had uh, parted ways with uh, Danny Trejo and ultimately him getting the uh, the uh, call from LAFC to sign a contract, they still kept us on our heels. So still, once even when the match was over, we were all able to go down to where they load the buses and Republic FC players, you know, came out with their bags and everything like that. And, you know, we wish them a safe travels, you know, we'll, we'll see you in Orlando, everything like that. So we definitely made our presence felt uh, both in the crowd and also after the match. Uh, do I wish that it went, went better? Uh, most certainly. You know, I wish we would, would have gotten a win, but you know, there's not that much we, we can control as far as that goes, but, as long as we're there to support our boys, you know, okay, keep keep them positive. I mean, that's 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 what matters. I mean, our, our support helps them, you know, and we just have to take notes from this match and move forward. And hopefully, things get a little bit better with with the uh, Vegas experience out, out here for us. Maybe like uh, last year, but we'll see how the rest of that goes uh, next season. Well, that was an amazing recap. Um, but one thing to note: there was a, a bright bright spot yesterday, not related to Sac Republic, but related to Danny Trejo going to LAFC, LAFC traveling to San Jose, San Jose winning, Tommy Thompson getting man of the match. So that is, you know, there's a little bright spot from yesterday, just FYI, wanted everybody to hear that, because uh, I still follow San Jose Earthquakes, uh, you know, even though we kind of trounced on them during Open Cup play. Uh, just knowing that there's a nearby team and, you know, we have some favorites that are still there. Tommy Thompson, Betty, who's one of the assistant athletic trainers there. Um, just nice to know that they spanked LAFC and, you know, Danny Trejo, whatever. Okay. Yeah. And one thing I did find a little odd and I'm not sure if uh, how this played out, but the, uh, the team bus apparently was, uh, based out of San Jose, you know how usually you, when you get some of those uh, Greyhound or Flix bus or charter buses, they'll usually say where they're based out of or where they're operated by or anything like that. Uh, our our bus was by San Jose, so mm, I I'm not sure what to think of that. I mean, to see if that might have had some sort of cosmic relation as far as how we uh, played on the pitch, but I don't know. That's that's just that's just more what ifisms and. And I'll put it this way. This is the last time that I walked through an inflatable colon because uh, that's probably what resulted in this match's quality. Wait, what? Wait, did you say inflatable colon? Inflatable colon. Yes. It's, it was from last year uh, where they, they wanted to uh, raise awareness about the colon cancer. But, but yeah, they actually have a blow up tunnel. And yes, it's colored pink. In fact, I think I posted the picture in uh, one of the group's uh, uh, messages or a post. So, yeah, you'll probably see that. And, and I also have it on my personal uh, one as well. Okay. That I posted. So, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that. Cool. Wow. All right. Well, that's uh, strange, but okay. All right. <laughs> I guess it's Las Vegas, right? So they, they try to do things that no one else does, but... <laughs> I guess that's one way to raise awareness. <laughs> yeah, or or things no one should want to to do. But I mean, thankfully, uh, and, and Connor, please don't get any ideas. I mean, we, it's it would be great to to bring awareness to colon cancer, but 
Let's leave the, those kind of visuals away from heart health part, please. Exactly. Especially colon cancer or prostate cancer. We don't need visuals for either one. Okay. All right. Thanks, Connor. All right. Well, uh, moving on to things that happened on, on the pitch that uh, were only strange because we should have gotten the win. <laughs> we got in the lead early on. Right. And I'm sure everyone in the stadium there, Jared, uh, supporting Sacramento must have been really excited, just as we all were when we saw that we we had just been up one nail. And uh, in a PK call, that was clearly a PK. I mean, Las Vegas goalkeeper, like just rams into uh, Duke. And I think the Las Vegas commentators still had the nerve to be a little doubtful at the beginning, right until they saw the replay. And one thing I want to know, and I don't know if you guys listen to the Las Vegas commentators, but um, first of all, not great. I, I don't know why <laughs> they're actually in the commentating box, but that's, that's just my opinion. But when Dougie scores the goal, one of them actually ends up saying that he shot wrong. And I think he corrects himself like just a couple of seconds after. But yeah, I- I'm just putting it out there that I understand that a lot of teams have uh, commentating teams that are strongly one-sided, right, to the home side. But come on, you got to at least give credit to the opposition and not be too one-sided always, right? With that being said, I mean, Dougie placed the shot great. He knew where he was going to score. And with that, he is now at five goals, laying the way with Malik Foster as the top goal scorers for Sac Republic. So good for him. It's good that he's back on the score sheet because I think it had been uh, a while since uh, he had been there, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you know, we all, we were all a little bit shocked that Dougie took the kick. We figured it was going to be Duke since he was the one who earned the foul um, when the keeper clattered into him. You know, it was obvious. It was like total, total foul. It should have actually been, I think he earned a yellow for it and he should have. Um, it was hard to watch Deckel play for Las Vegas because we know how Deckel plays. I mean, he elbowed one of our guys uh, partway through the match later. Um, but at any rate, to have Dougie get some more confidence and score a goal, I think that was what he personally needed for, you know, his own mental, you know, state and for his own desire. Dude, the dude played, we played him 90 minutes, right? We played Dougie mm-hmm. 90, right? Yeah. yeah. So because he played the full game, that's not common. Normally he'll get subbed out or he'll come mm. off the bench, but this was a this was good to see him, you know, try to play 90 and do all the things according to plan. We'll see if he does or if he doesn't. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but this was uh this was great that they let him step up and take that shot and make it. Um interesting that you say about the ESPN announcers because we had Cam uh, Awasa and Adam Moffitt, which was, oh my goodness, partway. I mean, it was good, clean fun all the way through. They were ribbing each other. Uh, it, it was good. I'm glad that I listened to the broadcast with Adam and Cameron. So, yeah, they did excellent the first time around. I mean, Cam definitely has uh, another career uh, waiting for him if he uh, gets a little bored with the retired life. But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm sure last night's uh, commentary w- would have been awesome to hear as well. Uh, of course, it was a little difficult to hear e- even us sometimes uh, at the field with how loud they were. I know uh, Sharon had gone uh, FaceTime with uh, Scott and I um, about uh, a little bit before the match or so, and I could barely hear, hear you guys. I had to hold the phone up to, 
the phone speaker in my ear to even hear any words coming across. And even then, that wasn't really happening all that often. Uh, but I think as far as the, the uh, local commentators, I think they got a little bit of comeuppance because there was one shot that uh, al- almost uh, hit the ESPN2 tent, uh, which is sitting right above one of the uh, the outfield walls. Uh, that explains you know, the really awful camera angle that, that we have to suffer through at that stadium. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that as well. The camera angle has always been a big issue in Las Vegas. And sadly, they don't fix that, right? I mean, they might come up with all these weird, extravagant ideas, but that's one thing they don't actually do. And I'm surprised the league hasn't told them anything because that's that's an issue there, right? Anyone who's like flipping games and, and trying to watch maybe championship for the first time, they see this and they automatically can assume like, oh, we're always going to get these angles. And it just doesn't make it as interesting, I think, from an outsider to view the game, right? For us, we're going to be view it any day if it's Sacramento playing. But if Las Vegas is playing against any other team, it's just not not as interesting, right? I mean, you feel like you're probably there at the stadium <laughs> with that view, but it shouldn't be that way if you're watching on TV. You know, it's interesting because a lot of the camera angle focused on the, the team bench, which is... I know that there are special chairs, but they certainly look like office chairs or gamer <laughs> chairs. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of making fun of the chairs because they're literally on wheels, right? They're not affixed. <laughs> so it reminds you always that this is not a soccer-specific stadium. So Cam and Adam talked a little bit about the size of the field because it's small mm-hmm. um, and it's hard for us to get our game going. On this size of the field, we're used to playing on larger dimensions. And with that being said, I I think for overall, they did fairly well. Our team did really well, given the size of the field. But it's, again, one of the things that the announcer said was our finishing just wasn't there the way we needed it. And if we look at at the stats, I know we got to talk about the other goals, you know, the goals that they scored, that Las Vegas scored. And how it all went down and the lapses and concentration in the back line or, you know, who did what, where, but if you look at the, the total shots and shots on target, while we had 15 shots, only two of them were on target, whereas Las Vegas only had 12 shots and all and five of them were on target. Our possession was way higher. Our passing and pass accuracy was way better. Um, but at the end of the day, it was lopsided with the result and, so anyhow, I don't know which where you want to take the podcast next, Luis, but I just kind of wanted to slip that in there as far as the field size and how we did okay, given the field size. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that about the field size because I've always been against playing baseball stadiums, right? And it was my understanding that USL was trying to move away from that, right, if I'm not mistaken, because Louisville used to play in one, and now, you know, that's why they had theirs built and we know the old Fresno FC used to play at Chukchansi Park as well. And, and they were they also had to look for another venue. So why is it that Las Vegas is not forced to move somewhere else, right? I'm sure there's plenty of venues in Las Vegas to play at, right? I mean, there's there's a university. Um, there's probably other places too, right? There's got to be. Well, I think some of the reasons why they still you know, want to play at Cashman Field is well, it, technically it's no longer a baseball stadium because they sawed off the tips of the uh, the foul poles. In fact, I still remember the uh, 
the viral video that uh, Lights FC did when they actually did saw them down. Uh, and, and there's really no pitcher's mound, no infield, anything like that. So it's just all grass top. Uh, but you, know, you still have the, the rest of the uh, stadium that's still uh, baseball centric. I mean, you still have the dugouts. You still have the large uh, outfield walls, um, as you've uh, probably seen on some of the uh, highlights. Uh, they still have some of the uh, Las Vegas 51's decals. Um, they, they even have some of the uh, uh, Las Vegas 51's related items on their uh, vending uh, uh, areas. Like I've seen like alien hot dogs and this and that. So it's, uh, but also you, you figure the location is not that bad, especially if you have folks from out of town coming for the match, because it's, just a few minutes north of uh, the downtown area here, uh, like Fremont Street. Uh, if you were to uh, relocate to, say, uh, UNLV, I mean, you're somewhat off the strip, but it's it's already uh, uh, congested over there traffic-wise. So they figure, you know, if you're going to be nor north of downtown, you know, traffic should be a little bit alleviated. You're not going to be too uh, tied up with uh, Fremont Street uh, area traffic or that downtown traffic. But it would really be nice to see the lights FC in a more soccer specific stadium, but yeah, who, who, who's to say, I mean, it, if it's even going to happen or not, I know there's a lot of construction here, mostly for casinos, but I don't know. I mean, for, for them to really succeed, lights FC definitely needs to have a soccer specific stadium, not one that used to be a baseball stadium. Well, it's not so much about, you're right, Jared, but it's not, for me, it's not so much about the stadium itself. It's about the size of the field. You know, because they really can't get the full size of the pitch when you put it inside of a, a baseball field. It's it's really hard. So I don't know if you could see whether they maximized, you know, they got the 120 by 80 or if it's actually, um, you know, barely over 60 something and, you know, 100 or 100, whatever, whatever the minimum dimension is. I think that's what it looked like. Yeah. Us. Yeah. It, it definitely looked to be that way. I mean, even just sitting there, I mean, Comparing sitting at like um, Wild Horse Pass Stadium, uh, Heart Health Park, uh, Great, great uh, Soccer Park in Irvine, this was definitely a, a smaller field. So the eyes did not play tricks on you. It is a small field. I mean, it's almost up there with the postage stamp uh, field that uh, Oakland used to play at uh, for a while. Yeah. Oh, the good old postage stamp field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, let, let's take a look at the games that, that ultimately Las Vegas scored on us, um, you know, shortly after we scored ours all in the first half. And and just to get an idea of what exactly happened, right, the tying goal in the 22nd minute, it seemed like it was just a long-range pass from the goalkeeper, the, the kind that typically is no problem, right? Your defender usually, you know, tethers it out, right, or, you know, they don't have an opportunity because you're good out back. But in this particular circumstance, I mean, poor, poor Tiago, right? I mean, they left him marking two guys and definitely the guy with the assist should not have been on his own, right? Because when you have a two-on-one situation like that, uh, you know, unless the, <laughs> the opposition just makes just the worst possible shot ever and, you know, puts it over the net, it's always going to go and you're always going to get scored on. And so my thing is the team was way up, right? We were putting way too much pressure. Yes, we enjoy when there's pressure, but there was no necessity for that, right? You're winning 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0, 7-0, 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, 11-0, 12-0, 13-0, 14-0, 15
all's good even up to that point right the game was pretty leveled why do that why move up front and so I think I mean this is only my view from what I see here I think that was Duke's man he should have been marking 24 but that's just what I saw there I don't know you guys probably saw something else but I I think Duke should have been there and not way way too up high so you know it's it's interesting because we do like the press. Mark has given instructions to the squad, you know, uh, don't let up. You know, continue to try to score goals. Even you, if you're ahead, just you know, put the nail in the coffin and really jam on it. But I mean, this was a, a full on breakdown of communication. Initially, we see Dan Casey even trying to make a recovery run when he realized that the two players had sprung free. At the half line, had we done an offsides trap, I don't, I don't know if it would have worked. Um, initially, at the at the half line, if we had if we had done that, um, freeze it there. You're right. I don't know where Tiago was just prior because the cameras didn't really maximize this mm. view. Um, but we had defenders that were all pulled up. Josh was pulled up. Dan Casey was pulled up. And Duke was high as well, but Tiago was sagging. And I don't know if they were online on the half line when the kick was made, when the long ball was made. But let's face it, they had two strikers that got in like right away, right behind us, the the number 24 and the number 21. A, a, a point could have been made that there was an ability to do an offside trap initially, but maybe Tiago didn't get the letter. Um so I don't I don't know what what they were thinking of, but the goalkeeper, obviously their goalkeeper for Las Vegas saw the opportunity and saw the outnumbering that we were outnumbered on one side. So, yeah, it was just one of those like weirdo. It was a weird mistake. It, I'm sure we all regret it. You know, the players are all regretting and we'll learn from this. You know, the, the guys are going to learn. Especially considering that the goalkeeper was under pressure right it's like he had just like two seconds to decide okay what what am i going to do with that it's like how can you let a goalkeeper under pressure put such a great pass like that it just seems like we just weren't concentrated and i don't understand we were winning right it wasn't like we were losing and then they end up scoring another one well what did you see jared uh when when this all happened yeah i mean i agree it was Definitely a case of breakdown in communication, and unfortunately, uh, lights uh, took advantage of that, and they just hustled down as quickly as possible. We were able to uh, get um, Carlos uh, uh, sold sold on the candy, and and they just put it in. I mean, they were Johnny on the spot, unfortunately. Yeah, and you know the the really terrible thing about this goal is that I, I mean we saw different lights right after. Right. It's like they were so motivated. They got the tying goal. They wanted to get the second goal. And ultimately, they end up getting it right Um, as the first half was close to ending. But, you know, it makes a big difference. Right. We had the game. I think we could have easily won this game had this goal not come in at this particular moment. Because lights would not have been the same if they don't tie the goal um, so early on, I think, in the first half. So moving on to uh, their uh, 2-1 goal, uh, again, as we mentioned, uh, it happened uh, really close to the end. And uh, I mean, Jared, I'm sure you saw people already like going out to beat the lines, right, to, you know, get some food. 
And then they end up getting the goal that ultimately is the goal that ends up getting them the three points. Yeah, I mean, once uh, they, they got to the second goal, I mean, it seemed like some folks had, all, had already left. So, so yeah, you're definitely correct on that. Uh, but I would say even by maybe the 60th or 70th minute, it was starting to get uh, – not totally empty, but you could definitely tell that there had been more people there earlier. But uh, then again, I know some of the folks were there just for the naturalization uh, ceremony. So, I mean, that, that kind of plays a role in as well. But, yeah, I mean, once once that second goal went through, I mean, it just gave impressions that just uh, sucked the uh, possibility uh, out of the boy, boys uh, on the field. I know they were definitely trying their damnedest like, like they always do. It just – did not translate to uh, goals, unfortunately. I mean, they definitely had opportunities, but the finishing was lacking, unfortunately. That's the best way I could put it. For this goal, do you guys see another, like, maybe double mistake by Tiago, unfortunately? Unfortunately. Because the, the poor guy, I mean, first, you know, he kind of leaves the other guy, uh, you know, open, right, to, to pull that cross. And then when the guy does pull the cross, the ball just kind of goes between his legs and it kind of deflects a little bit. It goes through three of our players. Come on. It's not just him. It went through him, Dan Casey and Josh, all three guys plus Carlos couldn't stop that ball. So it was four players couldn't deal with the cross and then the finish. So I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's a a one player deal. You know, we had, we had opportunities to to quit that, you know, Mm -hmm. to put that one to bed and it just didn't happen. Um, and you know, their, their keeper did do a good job on the one, on the few shots that we did have on goal. Their keeper did a a decent job of saving it. Plus I believe we had a crossbar. Uh, we had a save that was made on our end by the crossbar, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. You were right. Cause I had seen that. I was thinking it was in and then all of a sudden it came rolling. I was like, ah, It was like we we couldn't buy an opportunity with with that. I mean, it was possibly one of the biggest disappointments I had seen. I mean, that shot coming right off the the goalpost. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was it was definitely interesting match to watch. You know, it was interesting. The the talk behind the scenes was, oh, we sure missed Connor Donovan. Oh, we sure missed Roro. But at the end of the day, because of the compressed schedule, Look, if when we look at what our life looks like to the end of the season, we still have a freaking compressed schedule. Yeah, for the last next couple of matches, we've got a seven-day gap in between matches. So the guys don't play again until next Saturday. And then they get another week to rest while they have to travel. But still, you know, it's kind of like this incredibly compressed schedule to the very end. And our guys are up to it. You know, it's like they're all believing in themselves. They're going to continue to try. They're going to continue to battle. Um, they just get these little funky lapses of concentration. But at the end of the day, they're trying really hard to get Tiago some minutes at the highest level because, you know, he's been called up. So you've got to give the guy minutes on the pitch. And Mark Briggs knows how important that is. You know, he's got to learn because if he's going to elevate and be big in his career, he's already big. He's a solid guy, but he's still young. He's still malleable. He's got a lot to learn. So why not get in the experience in USL championship level? You know, it's it's not like life or death. And as Todd Donovan said, let's make it to September 7th. 
and then we will kind of re, not reshuffle things, but reevaluate everything going forward after we get to the Open Cup. And yeah, we got a lot of money on the line for that and league play. But right now, we need the guys to be able to perform well on September seventh. Yeah, uh, we keep talking about that too, right? That. In the next two games, we're probably going to see a lot of rotations, and especially for Louisville, that's a game where you know we're not really going to expect much, right? I think if we get a tie, that would be really valuable for us, right? And uh, you know, I don't normally say play for a tie, but that is a game where you probably want to do so um, because you, you want to make sure that uh, none of our key players are uh, injured for September seventh, being that it's it's so close after, but. In terms of the next tribal that we're going to be playing next Saturday um, against Oakland at home at 8 p.m., it's, again, our last 8 p.m. game we're going to have this season until we now ship to the 7 p.m. schedule afterwards. But uh, we talked about it offline, right, that Oakland is actually going to be playing on Wednesday at San Diego. And so how much of that travel can play in our favor, right, being that San Diego is a top team and they're going to want to keep moving up. So it's not going to be easy for Oakland, right? And certainly them traveling south and then back north is, uh, it takes a toll on you, right? Especially when it's uh, only in a matter of what, three days that they have to do that. Yeah. And, you know, secretly, I think inside, we're all hoping that San Diego just spanks the heck out of them and that they get a red card and, you know, whatever, you know, players end up with a knock and then they can't play us. And so then, you know, we we get a watered down. We always hope for a watered down team, but we prepare for the worst. I mean, we prepare for a solid opposition. But at the end of the day, I think secretly we're like, oh, OK, you know, maybe we'll get a, a less than. Uh, top form Oakland but yeah and I I don't want to get to this next part you know they're going to talk about the dinner chicken dinner winner whatever you call it anymore (laughs) I don't want to get to that so I'm stalling but yeah um, we're still in we're still in fifth place so not bad but with Las Vegas lights right on our freaking ass um, yeah I'm not I'm not liking that at all and I wish we could have done something different last night but it is what it is. Yeah, and unfortunately, we had uh, other forces against us as well, given the fact that uh, Monterey ended up losing to New Mexico. And then also, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, well, of course, our loss. And Colorado Springs ended up winning. So it was not in the cards for us. I mean, given where I'm at, you know, I apologize for the pun. But, uh, yeah, we... we Unfortunately, had it against us, but we just have to review review what went wrong, to harp on what went right, and then just move on to uh, taking care of Oakland next week at home. Like I mentioned before um, in our town hall, right, it was really important for us to get six points, right? That would have put us at a really good spot to already feel pretty good about having those playoff opportunities. But now, you know, now it's still tough right uh considering though new mexico still has one more game than we do they're just saying that two more points and yes that's a story we mentioned what like a week ago <laughs> we're back in that same scenario there but um you know it's just a matter of uh making sure you get three points next saturday so you go up above them and you're just two points below colorado and i mean san diego and san antonio they're they're in another league i think at this point with uh, 57 and 52 points 
I think that they they are pretty much just going to be fighting for first and and second. So I, I think it's for us it's more making sure we stay in the top four because everyone knows that if you end up being in that top four spot, you get to host at least the first game in the playoffs, right? Which is always really critical, makes a difference, and you know you're getting back to everyone in Sacramento who wants to see a playoff game because it's been a while since we've seen a playoff game at home. So that's what we're all hoping for. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're prepping for Oakland. We're loaded for bear and we'll see how their training sessions go this week. Listen, you know, we'll listen up to all of the words of wisdom during the week from, you know, either Connor or the coach or any of the interviews that, that the team airs. And, you know, we'll start speculating as we get closer to uh, our town hall this coming Friday, where we'll have a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more behind the scenes look at things, you know, because uh, Republic is really good about, um, you know, sharing coaches' thoughts running up or sharing some of the players' thoughts in the run up to the match, the home match. So it'll be a fun town hall um, this coming Friday. uh, And Luis will set the time down the road. So pay attention to our events page um, for when when we do decide to post the town hall this coming Friday. Yeah, thanks for mentioning that too. Yeah, we'll have a, a time for everyone shortly on on that. I'm stalling because I don't want to get to the chicken dinner winner. <laughs> I had a feeling, but I'm a chicken. <laughs> unfortunately for you guys, we have to get to that because that's just you know this is just the time of episode. That that has to happen. Podcast dinner winner competition, and I didn't even really remember yesterday. I actually just literally saw uh, just minutes before we started um, hopping on our Zoom call here that I actually gained a point because I had actually guessed that Dougie was going to score first, and my guess of him scoring first was just plainly because I had a feeling he would be starting this game since he. Uh, did get uh, rotated into the previous match so that's that's all that goes so with that i am now sitting at 13 points sharon's got seven and jared's got six so you're back to adding up to to my score (laughs) okay so little secret out there we got some advice from connor um sutton connor sutton uh so we asked him, hey, you know, what can we do to kind of make it more equitable? And then Connor made some suggestions. We're going to detail those suggestions where it's like, yeah, how about double points, you know, or or take away some points. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't favor Jared and Sharon at all. <laughs> it basically would make Luis win by, you know, he'll, his final score will end up be 40. And me and Jared will be like five. Because we'll be losing points. <laughs> yeah, I'm already in dead last. I mean, I, I'm barely celebrating the fact that I got a point in the previous game. Yeah, so so Connor, we love you so much. But maybe there's some other options out there. You know, maybe ask around. You know, what are some some other options besides double and takeaways? But, but then, uh, you know, there might be an opportunity, uh, gosh, that where Jared and I become more competitive because – maybe neither one of us wants to lose the whole thing because maybe the 
hot chip contest may come about. I know Jared had challenged Connor to a hot sauce or was it a hot chip? I don't know what it was. You had hot wings. I don't know what you had it, challenged him to. It, it was for a, a pepper because he had done the, uh, the, the hot ones challenge uh, earlier on in the season. And then I challenged him to um, maybe a uh, fighting into a habanero. And, and I was actually going to, bring in like either uh, crystal milk or Rayleigh's milk, something like that. You know, something to uh, highlight the the partnership that uh, Republic FC have with both crystal and Rayleigh's, but uh, didn't really come into fruition, but this could be a way to, to, to heighten it. So we'll, we'll see. Okay. Maybe a hot chip challenges in the book, uh, in the, in the future. What do you think, Luis? I'm all for it. If you two are all for it, last place. Has to do that. I don't know. I still think first place ought to be the hot chip challenge. Uh, has to do it. And Luis, you may. I don't know. Do you like spicy? I mean, you may. I know Jared. I would. I would bet money on Jared versus Connor. I literally would. I don't know about you, Luis, but if Jared ended up having to do it, my money's on Jared. Same. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have done uh, what what I've uh, dubbed as the uh, the Ghostbuster. I mean. Back in the uh, last uh, Jets uh, game in San Diego in 2014, the uh, the whole uh, biting into a ghost pepper and looking for something to drink. And unfortunately, that closest thing being uh, a sneaked in water bottle of Fireball. Oh, shit. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, don't, I, I might have uh, gotten, gotten it uh, toned down a little bit over the years, you know, given the... Uh, the additional years I've had since then, but we, we, we will see. I mean, as long as I've got, uh, I don't know, maybe some Walgreens uh, antacids nearby or something like that, or maybe a frozen drink, but you know, you know I, I'm still game for it. And if I had to do it, if I ended up losing our uh, pod dinner winner, winner dinner, whatever it is, um, I don't know that my poor intestines would survive. Honestly, it would have to be done in a situation not before a game, right? Because I want to be able to watch the game. <laughs> like it'd be all these caveats, right? So I don't know that you guys would want high maintenance Sharon to enter that sort of a contest, but whatever. Yeah, I'm not a fan of anything spicy, and I don't think I would do as great. But I'm still okay with hey, if I end up last, then. That's that's what I do. All right. You take it for the team. So speaking of which, um, we've got Oakland coming up and we've got some predictions to make. Uh, if everybody wrote them all down, you, so you don't change them later, um, <laughs> on a piece of paper where you've scratched out <clears throat> and claimed to have uh, said your your winner was Dougie. Oh, oh, sorry, Louise. Was I talking about you? Whatever. But, there's no whiteout here. I, I, I mean, it's... It's pretty clear. You guys could see there. No whiteout. I see it's, scratching, but whatever. Okay, that could have been me changing my mind. No. Oh, I no, no, no. That, that, that's scratching for, uh, as in, no points for the oh, scratches. Oh, yeah. okay. All Just, right. Uh, no, right. No who gets points, who doesn't get points. But I do have an opportunity for you guys. What? We could add a third category, too. We we met, we did this in the cup as well. Right. Which team gets the first yellow card? Right. You guys want to do that? Yeah. Going forward? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what have the statistics been thus far with Sac Republic pulling the first yellow card? Huh? Really high. We usually pull the first yellow card. 
I think Kekos had some yellows. Rose had some yellows. Um, Jack Gers had yellows. Then Casey. Um, I don't know that Oakland's going to be pulling the first yellow. And I will go ahead and go first with my prediction. So I've got okay. a 2-0 win. And I've got Kekos scoring first. If he gets a rest and he doesn't see the pitch, I've got Dougie. And then first yellow? Uh, oh, definitely soccer. Yeah. All right. I'm... This uh, it's just like the uh, the song that uh, Dame Shirley Bassey did with the propeller heads back in the uh, late nineties. This is all just a bit of history repeating. I'm going to say two two draw. First one to get the goal. I am going to say you know I, I'll, I'll I'll say Duke. You know Duke gets the other uh, goal. If he is not playing, then I will say Kecko. And because I know. They love to give it to us. We're uh, we're going to end up getting the first yellow card. So for me, I actually say a 3-2 win. I think it's still going to be high scoring. We know Oakland is really competitive, and we've always had these like crazy high scoring games, or for the most part, right? I mean, posted stamp game, no 0-0, but all the other ones, it's like there's goals all over. I see uh, Roro scoring first. If he's not there, then Keko gets the goal. And then I see Oakland in the first yellow card i think they're going to be really uh high energy after the game in san diego and they're still going to carry that on to the game on saturday because we mentioned i think it was you sharon that oakland might be getting a red card in san diego so i think they're still going to be high on on that card streak and and they get the the first one our predictions are so different this time so amazingly different nobody picked malik you know, and that's usually Jared's roulette number. He keeps picking Malik. And, you know, I always pick Kecko. Um, but it's interesting what your score line is because I've forgotten that Oakland does score against us. They know how to get in behind us. But I see us having Connor is back. Dan is back. The last time we played Oakland, did we play with our three-back system or was it our two-back system? When was the last time we played Oakland? It was back when we tied 3-3 in July, and we played with three out back. So we, no, and it was, but it was not with, um, okay, so it was Duke, Duke. Um, okay. Uh, I feel a whole lot better because I have a funny feeling Lee may be coming back for part of the game. Dan Casey, Connor Donovan will be in. So I, yep, I, I'm going to stick by my prediction, although I would love to. Oh, there's goal scorers out there. Dami being a goal scorer, going back to Roro, you know, getting a goal. Oh, man. I'm going to stick with with my prediction. I think our back line is going to do a whole lot better against Oakland. We have to. We have to have more shutouts, and we have to improve our goal differential. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm going to go ahead and stick with 2-0. And I think Kecko is, uh, I think he's overdue. Again, even though he's been scoring, I think uh, I think we're going to see him do it again. First oh. goal. And you know, something that came to mind, this hasn't happened to us quite yet, but we could establish this as a rule as well. Uh, if anyone happens to get all three, there should be a bonus. If you happen to get everything, you should be also not, not only, you know, getting your three points, but also be rewarded accordingly. What do you guys oh think? Oh, my God. Dude. And this weekend, I have a feeling you're going to get it. And so I don't want to start it right yet. Let's wait until Louisville. All right. 
Okay, I'm good with that. Jared, I know you're laughing. I know you are laughing your ass off because Luis has been so flipping lucky and probably because he's only 30 years old, you know, and he's playing with house money. He's not playing with his own. Mm -hmm. You and I are playing with our own money. He's running the house, right? So whatever. Sure. We're we're going to the ATM looking for an extension of credit at this point. We're even begging Connor Don, uh, Connor Sutton, to give us an extension of credit. Right? We're we're looking for any 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 money somebody dropped on the street. We're looking for a, a chip anywhere we can look for it. And then Luis is all like, "Yeah, well, let's do a bonus round." It's like, "Fricker, you've already had bonus rounds every single match. It seems like you've gone into the bonus spins." So no. <laughs> Yeah, he, he's already got uh, VIP, he's already got VIP bottle service where we're we're on the on the uh, the first floor looking for them thirteen cent or twenty six cent uh, payout slips. <laughs> yeah, and not only that, but he's also got, <laughs> this is gonna be so funny. He's he's also been comped a room. <laughs> he gets comped a room. We gotta pay for our own. Uh, now that's it. That's that's it. That's a Vegas type experience that that we're getting pretty much when it comes to this uh, pod winner dinner. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've just gone lucky. I mean, as I said, because if we look back at the the cup um, game, right, the last cup game, uh, we had five opportunities for points, right, five, and only me and Sharon got one point. We had five. That could have easily been. One where I don't get anything. One of you gets three points, and then all of a sudden you're you're right there. Uh, but don't worry, though. There is a cup game on September seventh, and anything can happen in that game, right? And I don't know if you guys have been thinking of your prediction, but I've been thinking about what mine could be. And yeah, but let's just say there's there's another opportunity there. Five points in the line, September seventh. And we are we are not going to make those predictions until after Louisville because we need to know the status of players after Louisville. You know, we've got to get a feel for what Louisville looked like on September 3rd before we think about September 7th. I am just so excited. Ugh, man, it's just getting – it's getting real. Every day that ticks off up until uh, – it's so close, you guys. It's coming. It's two weeks plus three days, three days away. Two weeks and three days, yeah. right? Yeah, or or for me, uh, a four day work week and a five day work week away. There you go. Yeah, or for sure tonight, two weeks, right? Since we'll be there Labor Day, so we'll be there on Labor yeah, Day. More, too. more exciting. We're not to wait till the seventh. <laughs> in Orlando, in two. Oh my god. Ah. Yeah. I'm- I'm waiting for for uh, later this week to determine my uh, if I'm augmenting the uh, trip to Orlando or if I'm just going to stick with uh, flying in on Tuesday. So I'm still going to sort that out. And of course, if the uh, the bet had gone my way, that would have made it a lot easier. But oh well, yeah. we'll see what happens. I think it's still anyone's game. There's still plenty of games this season to uh, get more points. And as I keep letting you two know, right, it, post September seventh. We could just do three, four point opportunities, and I don't do it for my own well being, but I just do it just so uh, you guys get an opportunity to get more points. And we don't do the math, and it's like, oh, it doesn't add up. I want it to still add up all the way to the very end. 
Let me just put it out there. October 15th, last regular season game against San Diego. Or you know what? Let me change that, actually. Playoff time. We make playoffs. This competition could keep on going if you guys want. So I'm okay with that. I'm pretty good with that. Now, we ought to have one week where we let somebody else who listens in pick our line. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I like that idea. So we all pick one person to actually do our predictions for that week. Yeah. Or we seek volunteers who wants to pick for, you know, any of us. And, and but they have to either phone it in or use our, our social media, you know, to, to pick for us. And we'll, we'll figure out what that game, when that occurs. Or, or we pick our own volunteer to pick our line. Oh, that would be scary. Sorry, Bradford's our... been pretty lucky. I know you're going to pick Scott Bradford. I know, Jerry. <sighs> yeah, I was going to say, I got dibs on Scott Bradford. <laughs> I get dibs on Mike McAnich. All right, I'm picking Tina. There you go, it's set. <laughs> it's set. Okay, so that's cool. our proxy. But then we just have to figure out which game and whether those guys, gals, would be willing to be our proxy. Oh, my God, that's just... Gary. Okay. Tina's been pretty lucky. I, I want to say for the game against Louisville. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm cool with that one. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Hmm. I should have picked Tina. I forgot all about Tina. Dang. Yeah, I was glad you didn't. I, I, I had a feeling you were, and I was like, if she doesn't pick her, I'm picking her. All right. Well, I think it's time uh, for me to Give Jared back because USL and Saw Mystery. I know the last one I kind of, uh, you know, substituted or rotated, I should say, for Jared there. Uh, but this one's really interesting as well, right, Jared? It, it takes us back to the last two episode where I talked about um, what happened over in Arizona, right? So what, what do you have for us today? Uh, yeah, I was just... Uh... Digging into that a little further, uh, man. And for those that might have missed the missed the last uh, USL Unsolved Mystery that uh, Luis had, uh, there's definitely some drama going on between Oakland and Phoenix. Uh, last week, week or so, uh, there there had been a tweet I had found on uh, the fan based USL Discord uh, mentioning that uh, the Phoenix Rising FC coach, well now former coach uh, Rick Shantz, uh, had agreed to part ways uh, with the club. Uh, at first, there was uh, some question marks as far as what exactly happened because Phoenix was actually starting to look good the, the past uh, couple matches, and he had just signed an extension to uh, through uh, 2023 with the club. Uh, granted, this is also the same uh, conversation stating that uh, Phoenix Rising FC would also be staying at uh, Wild, uh, Wild Horse Pass uh, next season. So now even that's probably going to be thrown into uh, question. Uh, but ultimately, uh, further on in, in my looking into the, uh, the Discord, uh, there were additional uh, things going on that at first didn't seem like it was uh, connected, but started to connect uh, a little further on. Uh, Oakland Roots SC had stated that uh, Juan Guerra was under administrative leave, and at first there wasn't a whole lot of mention of it. Now, granted, the source that this comes from is... Uh, one to take with the grain of salt, uh, given the fact that this uh, source also had mentioned that uh, on the last batch that uh, Republic FC had played in Oakland, that supposedly uh, Tower Bridge Battalion had uh, been less uh, less than, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the right terminology for it, 
less than uh, thoughtful guest, which was not uh, not even uh, completely uh, true. It was uh, false, but once again, it's just a, an Oakland root store, so we know how truthful that can be. But nonetheless, regard regardless of that. Uh, there was a source for, uh, from him stating, quote, it is our understanding that Phoenix Rising FC has been engaged with Juan Guerra without permission while he is still under contract with Oakland, end quote. So that is developing uh, as far as this goes. But right now, Phoenix does have an interim coach uh, to coach the uh, team until they do find a suitable replacement. Uh, but also some items that are playing into effect is uh, Phoenix's financials. I mean, there's definitely some questions as far as are they able to still float the team? Uh, items uh, such as where they're trying to spend money or save money. Uh, to be honest, Rick Stance, I mean, other than the complaining at uh, at other venues, if they lose, he's actually Phoenix's uh, winningest coach. I mean, he did get them into the the uh, USL Cup Finals uh, at least once, and then, of course, the Cup Finals that didn't get played, uh, also Western Conference champions and regular season champions. So it's not like uh, Phoenix does, uh, doesn't want to keep them, but I'm wondering, and this is just a mere hearsay or uh, just a thought process, that perhaps they couldn't afford to keep them. To keep him on, I mean, they did have to let go of Solomon Asante, and he was a major reason why they've gotten into the playoffs. And now he's playing for Indy. And also, just uh, some observations I've had is uh, Phoenix Rising's pub to pitch shuttle is usually the uh, larger uh, charter buses, like you'll see, uh, like the ones going to the casinos or up to Reno or anything like that. But this year, it was the much much smaller party bus. So that's got me. Wondering as far as Phoenix's uh, financial future as well. But uh, as far as Oakland goes, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Uh, there is a game coming up between uh, Phoenix Rising FC and Oakland Roots. Uh, that's that's going to be a little interesting to watch. I mean, at, at least maybe not for on the field, but definitely for ha- how the fans are going to be reacting, how the coaches will, will be reacting. But uh I'm definitely uh, vesting some further interest in this, not not just because of the fact that I live in rising FC territory, uh, but also that this involves our uh, I-80 Derby rivals, uh, the Oakland Roots, who we have struggled to get past a a tie uh, with. So, you know, I'll definitely keep my ears glued to the ground on this, see, see if there's any new developments, any new ramifications, anything like that, because this is, definitely the drama of the Western conference at the moment. Yeah. And it's not something that I would have ever imagined to see in USL. Right. And if it is something that actually did happen, then it's a pretty serious issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is just like uh, the, the NBA, how there's been a few teams that have been busted for tampering. I mean, mm-hmm. really what, why, why is there such a, a conversation with the coach that's not even out of his contract that he's still coaching with the same team. I mean, maybe maybe chat with the assistant assistant coaches or other coaches in other leagues through proper channels. If this is true, of course. I mean, once again, mm. you know, the, the the source is not exactly they're not exactly uh, wash bombs or uh, sham from the, from the NBA. So once again, I'm taking this information with a grain of salt, but with other folks uh, making mentioned of it as well. I don't know. We'll we'll see what officially goes down. 
Yeah, well, it'll be interesting, like you said, to watch them play at Phoenix, Oakland, September 10th, and see how that that goes. <laughs> well, it'll be very interesting to play when we play Oakland this coming weekend, you know, just to see the nature of the chemistry, you know, and also to watch the chemistry happening uh, this Wednesday in San Diego. So um, all eyes on that. Now, oh, gosh. Is Orlando City playing today? We need to keep watching our future opponent. I think they may have already played. I think the match might be over. But um, They're um, actually playing as we speak. 0-0 at Charlotte going to halftime. Going into halftime. Okay. Yeah. So that's a good reason to say farewell. Adieu. Love you all. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Um, we need to hop off. <laughs> all of us. Because we've got a match to watch. So we can be, you know, learned when it comes to Orlando City. Yeah, you made a good point. I think everyone should be watching them as well. I've been keeping tabs on how they've been doing. And for instance, next Sunday, they're going to be at home playing against New York City FC. And then uh, they have a a midweek game on the 31st uh, on Wednesday at 4.30, again at home against Seattle. So two home games there before our final cup game. So they're not going to be doing any traveling for... uh, for a while yeah i reckon i could watch the, the game for, uh, from uh this building right here the uh one with the spinning uh red letter b on there <laughs> i mean that's where the, that's where our pool's located so i guess i could get uh, good enough reception to watch that match all right well uh just uh, one more reminder to everyone that uh this week we are going to be posting an episode as well uh the interview that we've mentioned here before that we did with uh, lee nevis president of Stockton Cargo, uh, who is the newest USLW's team based out of Stockton, California, here in the Central Valley. So uh, we're really excited to be able to share that with everyone and to just continue to uh, cover more of what is going to be going on with the cargo uh, in their next season, next year, as they um, become a part of this new league and uh, part of the second season of the USLW as well. All right, Sharon, Jared. Last comments before we say uh, good morning or good night. Jared, get home safely. And for everybody else, go Republic. And thank you so much for listening or watching or participating. And let's support our teams. Yeah, definitely go Republic. Um, let's be, uh, put, put a quash on, on Oakland. You know, let's, let's beat them this uh, coming Saturday. And yeah, I'll, I'll definitely fly, fly back home um, yeah, Monday. Hopefully no issues. I mean, I know the last time I was flying around Las Vegas was because of the thunderstorm around Phoenix, but I don't anticipate that happening. (laughs) Well, yeah, safe flights to you, Jared. And as always, uh, thank you, Sharon and Jared, for being on. And always thank you to all of our listeners for supporting us. Uh, We really do appreciate it. And again, as usual, uh, you help us keep this uh, podcast going 100 plus episodes strong. So Have a great morning or night whenever you might be listening to us. And again, you'll hear from us this week with another episode of State of the Republic podcast. And let's go ahead and play a really funny blooper reel. And maybe cue some music, perhaps? Sorry, I was muted. Cue the music. Thank you, Jared, for filling in for slow sharing. It's a Sunday. It's fine. You can't bleep that out. <laughs> Wait, did someone say something? No. I didn't hear anything. I'm like, you didn't. You didn't see it. You didn't see it. Oh, was it a video thing? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, my freaking eye!
<laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, and if you did that on a live show, I couldn't even do anything. <laughs> Not giving you any ideas, but I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, you know. Okay, I've been warned, or not. <laughs> I've been egged on, I think, Jared. I think I've been egged on. Uh, the gauntlet's been thrown. I mean, we, we've we got uh, only a couple of weeks left on, until the, those matches, so we'll... This is going to be fun fun to watch, especially for some, for our listeners, uh, just to see how the progress on this goes. Jesus. <laughs> Especially the other uh, town halls. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> Tina, I love you so much, but please, God, I mean, screw oh. up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, we, are, are we sure this one isn't full? I think Sharon had one of those before. No, I'm perfectly like unalcoholed. Even last night at the party, I had a root beer float. You know, that was the only beer I had was a root beer float. So I don't, I don't know if that's water though. It might be something else. Totally water. <laughs> There's a lot of things yeah. that look like water, but not water. So. This one's yeah, water. Yeah, potato water. Our... <laughs> <laughs> Fermented potato water. Potato, not potato. <laughs> Sharon just invented a new vegetable, all right? <laughs> it, it comes from the ports, right? It's a potato that comes from the ports, and the Stockton port is there, so. Potato. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. All right. Well, if you're not watching us, I mean, if you're not if you're not subscribing, whatever. Luis, what did what do we usually say? Listen to us. Listen to us, subscribe to us, uh, comment with us, share your predictions with us. You might be selected as a proxy in the future. <laughs> oh, oh, this, this blooper reel gonna be a long one, just like the one with with Ryan. All right, let, let me let me get back to um, serious speaking, right? So I'm not laughing randomly uh, before the bloopers, and then people are like, "What were they laughing about?" Um, v I R. We need V A R for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is recorded as a video, so we just don't post it, but um, Zoom does give us a video as well. 